The Linux Reality Podcast is sponsored by O'Reilly Media, spreading the knowledge of innovators through its books, online services, magazines, and conferences. Visit them today at O'Reilly.com. Welcome back to Linux Reality. This is episode number 97, and I'm your host, uh, Chess Griffin. In this episode, uh, I'm going to uh, take a, you know talk about something that I've had on my list, actually, for a while. This is one of the things I hadn't really gotten to, and uh, that is uh, talk about some Linux games. I'm not a, not a huge gamer, but I do, do enjoy some, and my son has been playing a lot of different Linux games. I've had him sort of testing them out for me over the last several months, and uh, so I've got to to play a lot of different games with him. Uh, so, I, you know, this is something I thought would be kind of fun to talk about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But uh, before I get to that, did want to, you know, talk about a few things. Obviously, the, the, the first thing is, uh, uh, you know, sort of the feedback I've gotten after my, uh, you know, announcement last week that I was going to be ending the podcast at, at uh, episode 100. And I just have to say I've been really overwhelmed uh, by the response, uh, by the emails, uh, and by the uh, there's a nice thread in the forums, and what people have said to me on IRC, it's really just been very, uh, very touching, and uh, uh, I just I can't thank you all enough. I'm I'm really making an effort to try to respond to every single email personally, and if I if I haven't gotten to yours yet, if you haven't heard back from me, don't worry, I I I, I am going to try to do that. So, but it is you know I'm behind because there <laughs> there there's a lot of emails. Um, so, but thank you so much for sending all the emails and for posting such nice things in the forums and what people have said in the IRC. I really do appreciate it. I did want to address one thing, sort of a recurring uh, question, I guess. I've had this from a lot of different people in, you know, some variation of this. Some people have asked me, well, you know, have you thought about having someone else take over the podcast or, you know, or something along those lines or, or maybe change to another schedule or something like that? And as far as changing to another schedule, I, you know, I don't really, I don't really think, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, and as far as having someone else take over the podcast, I don't think I'm going to do that either. And the reason is that, you know, the reasoning I've given some people is, I mean, I sort of view a podcast as a little bit like a blog. I mean, it's, it's, you know, sort of a personal creation. It's a personal expression of, of something. It's me talking and, uh, you know, talking about things that interest me and things that, you know, I, I would like to try to, you know, help explain. And, you know, certainly I would, it would be great if someone else was to start something similar. And there are other podcasts that do similar things already, you know, going Linux for one, you know, productive Linux. I mean, there's so many great Linux podcasts, uh, more than, than there were when I first started. Uh, so there's a lot of great content, lots of awesome Linux podcasts. They're all fantastic. And there's more starting up all the time. Uh, so I'm, you know, someone could certainly start their own and kind of pick up where I left off. That's perfectly, you know, reasonable. I can see that. I don't really see handing the site over and, and the feed and just kind of let someone else sort of pick up at episode 101. I just think that would, it would just be a little odd, I think. And, and like I said, I, I feel that, you know, the podcasts are sort of personal. And um, so this has been my, you know, expression of, of stuff about Linux and my thoughts about Linux. So, so that's, that's where I am with that. And I hope, you know, hope people understand that. But as I said, I'm certainly not, 
uh, going anywhere. The site's not going anywhere. The forms and the feed and the episodes are all going to be around for a long time. So, uh, and if for some reason, you know, if I ever did decide to shut down the site, I certainly would let people know about that ahead of time, but that's not happening anytime soon. So, uh, you know, and the forums are still very active, so, which is great. And uh, we've got, you know, four more episodes to go, uh, three more after this one. So we got, you know, still have some good things to, uh, to get to, uh, one more thing, you know, getting back to the feedback from people, I'm not going to, you know, read people's emails or anything like that. I, I you know, again, I, I'm reading every single one and I'm trying to respond and I, and I do plan to respond to every single one. However, I did receive one audio uh, uh, feedback, and uh, it, was, it was very touching. And I, I'm still very emotional about it. I just, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a very, very, very nice thing to hear, and uh, it's something that I think everyone will really enjoy. Uh, so I'll, this is this is the one thing I wanted to share. So let me go ahead and play that now. What can I do? Listening to you still makes me cry. Trying to live without your show It's so hard to do Some nights I wake up I look at my downloads And see that your show's not there But I get up each day Not much to say My GP2X is empty Loneliness fills my drive at work and I'm missing you So if you give us the chance to remember The show we did once together Wait and see Time is all that you really need I'm begging you won't say no But when I tell you don't let it end Honey, we could have so much more Don't let it end Jesse, please put out a little more I'm begging you, Jesse You've made some mistakes, but Verbal's there to correct him And hold you tight He'll give you tips, oh baby, every single night Don't let it end I'm begging you, don't let it end this way I had to really fight not to laugh. Um, I hadn't turned off my mic when I was playing that. Um, uh, <laughs> that's just funny stuff. That is um, uh, Dan from the Linux Link Tech Show. Uh, I just thought that was really funny. And uh, <laughs> who knew that he uh, could sing uh, Sticks so well? Uh, quite quite an amazing talent you are dan uh thank you so much for that <laughs> uh that's that's great uh okay well <laughs> let's talk about some linux games okay well it's it's actually funny that you know be talking about linux games just after listening to that uh wonderful rendition of don't let it end uh by uh, dan washko because dan is is a big gamer and uh, i have to confess i'm not as big a gamer i used to be quite a bit actually um you know 10 15 years ago 
I remember I had a Nintendo. I had a play that had the first uh, generation uh, PlayStation. I've always, you know, in the past, I used to always play games on my computer. And even as a kid, I mean, growing up with uh, one of my first computers, an Apple II, I had a ton of games on the Apple II. And my friends and I, we would all, you know, <laughs> uh, basically share these games among each other. And I remember playing. Oh gosh, you know, Load Runner and uh, Pitfall. That was actually on the Atari. I had the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. But anyway, I, you know, used to love games, and uh, and I still do. I just you know just don't have time for them as much anymore. But I, I've made a little list. This is obviously by no means comprehensive, and it's not supposed to be a best of or nothing like that. This is just some games that I have played and that my son has played and that we've enjoyed. That you know, most of them, you know. Probably most people know about already, so it's not going to be anything too new here. But there might be a few goodies in here out of this list for for, for everybody. You know, there might be something in here that that everybody hasn't hasn't heard of. Uh, so, and I've kind of broken them up into categories. There's not really hard and fast categories, but my my own little uh, organization here. Uh, so the first group are. We'll go ahead and get these out of the way. These are the first-person shooters, and I have to admit, I'm somewhat of a of a of a sucker for first-person shooters. I I like them, and uh, I don't know why, but I always have. Uh, so in, in Linux, there's a lot of there's a lot of them out there, uh, but the ones that I have played the most that come to mind for me are first of all the the Quake series, Quake two and three primarily. Uh, those are the ones I've played the most. Quake two is is more of a you know plot driven. Uh, first-person shooter. I don't even remember if it had a, a multiplayer uh, component to it. I don't think it did. It might have, but I don't think it did. It was a storyline, and you're a soldier on a on a crash on a planet, and you got to basically get to the end, you know. And uh, you fight through many levels, and and it's just a you know. At the time, I felt like it was very groundbreaking graphics. I mean, it's probably it's at least a ten-year-old game, maybe even a fifteen-year-old game, something like that. Uh, Quake 3, uh, which probably is about 10 years old, I think it came out in 98 or 99, uh, was the successor to Quake 2, and it was really primarily a multiplayer game. I mean, it had uh, different types of games, you know, uh, death matches and different different types of things you could do, but essentially you'd either play against the computer-controlled you know, opponents or you could you know, play online, and in my mind, Quake Three still holds up. It's a, it's an old game, old graphics. But the nice thing about that is, is that uh, it runs on virtually all machines. Even on my, I've, I think I've had Quake Three playing on my uh, one of my ThinkPads, which has just got a really low end Intel, you know, integrated card, and it works great. Uh, and you can still buy the the retail version of Quake Three from TuxGames.com, and TuxGames.com is a great website that sells retail versions of Linux games. There was a company many years ago called Loki, and they folded in about 2001, 2002. But they were sort of, you know, primarily responsible for bringing a lot of games to Linux. They I think they would hire porters, people to port games over to Linux. And sometimes they would, they would, you know, they had their own little installer, a little graphical installer to help you install the game. And so there's still a lot of these old Loki games out there. And uh, and so anyway, so Tux Games has a lot of the Loki games and a lot of the other. Other games out there like Quake 3, id Software, the company that makes the Quake series, has always been great about supporting Linux themselves. And there's a Linux client for Quake 3. But what you need to get is the, you know, the retail disk because you need to get some files off of the disk in order to be able to play Quake 3. So, uh, but th the neat thing about Quake 3, or Quake, I get, or really, well, yeah, Quake 3 is that id Software has open sourced the game engine. And so that has led to a lot of different um, games that have 
spun off of that. And one of my favorites is very similar to Quake. It's called Open Arena. And it's essentially, you can almost call it a GPL version of Quake 3. They've replaced the graphics, you know, uh, they've replaced the music, I believe. Um, and But it's all completely GPL. You do not need the retail version of Quake 3 to play Open Arena. And there's a, Win, uh, a Mac version, a Windows version, and of course a Linux version. And uh, it's a rather large download. It might be 250 to 300 megabytes uh, total. It's usually a, a piece of software, which is like essentially the client. And then you have to download all the data, you know, the graphics, essentially, the graphics and the music and, the, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I've played it on, on lots of different Linux distributions. I actually have a, that, a Slack build that I created uh, for Open Arena for Slackware. That's on slackbuilds.org. So you can, you can install Open Arena, and it runs great on Slackware. And I've played it also on that same ThinkPad with the low-end Intel graphics, and it's just fast and smooth, and, and it really has all the standard stuff you'd expect in a first-person shooter. I mean, it's got bots. It's got many maps. It's got, you know, all, all the standard stuff. Uh, so Quake, uh, the Quake series and Open Arena, they kind of go together. They're just they're great games, I think, as far as first person shooters go. The other first, the other two first person shooters that I'll mention here that I really enjoy is the Unreal Tournament series. I had the original Unreal Tournament and then Unreal Tournament 2003, both of which were put out by Epic Games, and I actually believe Epic Games is based here in Raleigh, if I if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they both had Linux installers and let you run those in Linux. So those are both fantastic games. I really like the Unreal series because they have, you know, as I mentioned, they have the they have these different types of games. So you can have your typical deathmatch, but they also have like Capture the Flag. They have a thing called Assault, where you you, you know you you take turns playing a team. One team, you know, attacks a base, and the other team defends the base, kind of a thing. And then they have something called domination where you are on a map and there's different points that each team tries to control. And the team that controls these various points longer at the end of the 20 minutes or whatever wins. Uh, so the Unreal Tournament series is, is really cool. I really like uh, Unreal, the original Unreal Tournament um, it, that came out in around 2000 or so, and then Unreal Tournament 2003. And I think I think there was a later one, two, 2005 maybe, something like that. I don't have that one. I've played the demo, but I don't I don't have that retail game. And then the last of the first-person shooters that I really like is Return to Castle Wolfenstein, which I believe is based on the Quake engine, uh, but it was also put out by id Software. And uh, I really like it because it's a throwback to one of the very first games I ever had on the Apple or one of the one of the games I had back in the day, which was Castle Wolfenstein, the original Castle Wolfenstein, very low res, you know, low tech uh, graphics game. You controlled a little guy and you moved around into rooms and tried to, you know, shoot the zombies or whatever it was. And, and uh, the, you know, it was it was a fun game. Uh, and so anyway, Return to Castle Wolfenstein is a really updated, typical 3D first person shooter version of that and it really extends the story quite a bit it's a great game it's very um creepy to play the music and the effects you know if you play it in the dark when the lights off or something and the headphones on it's it's quite an experience it will definitely you know raise the you know raise the hair on your head kind of a thing it's it's a fun game and you can also get that through tux games as well so okay so enough of the first person shooters let me move on to some of these other categories um I call this next category strategy, and it's it's not really exactly right. Some of them are uh, turn-based. Some of them are just different kind of sim games. But uh, the first ones that, that come to mind are Free Civ 
and Lin City and Lin City NG. Um, FreeCiv is essentially a, a an open source clone of the Civilization, the Sid Meier Civilization series of games that were put out by MicroProse, I believe. I might be wrong about that. But anyway, these are, and this is a classic series. I think Civilization uh, might be, actually it might be, is that Microsoft? Maybe it's Microsoft. Anyway, um, it's a type of game where, you know, there's a, there's a map of the world and, you know, you, you pick up maybe a, you know, a type of people, you know, um, and, you know, you kind of grow civilization and you, you learn, um, how to do things over time. You know, you, you know, the, the civilization that you control eventually learns how to, you know, um, they invent the wheel and then they, you know, you know, it kind of builds on things and, you know, there's warfare and there's economic trading and you try to expand your territory and explore and stuff like that. It's, it's a really neat game. It can get these types of strategies games, I think can get very involved and, you know, for the most part, I, I typically don't do strategy games just because I find I don't have the attention span after a while. But the few that I've played that I really get into, they're really addicting and they can just really take up your time because it can take a lot of time to, you know, you may have many different moves that you have to make and you want to move these units and set up this kind of, you know, trading route. And there's all different kinds of stuff you have to do. So anyway, that's like free civ, which is like civilization one and two. Lin City and Lin City NG are sort of clones of, of Sim City, one of the um, original Sim type games, and there's lots of them now. You know, all kinds of there's the Sims and whatever. But Sim City, obviously, a very famous game. That, you know, you build a city up from nothing into a you know big metropolis, and you have to deal with traffic and disasters and um, putting in you know uh, buildings and and residential units and commercial space and all this kind of stuff. So. Uh, that's so Lin City and then Lin City NG has got a little bit better graphics, a little bit better gameplay, and they're very much based on the original Sim City. And uh, those are those are fantastic games, and and I mean those are classics. And uh, you know, speaking of Sim City itself, of course, the big news recently is that Electronic Arts actually open sourced a game for the one laptop per child uh, program, and it's called Micropolis. Uh, that's my I guess Micropolis M I C R O P O L I S. And so the, I think one of the original designers of the game is actually now kind of handling the, the source code for this. And um, I've now seen it cropping up in various uh, distributions. I've been working on a Slack build for it for Slackware, and I've seen it in some other distributions now. And it's it's the original SimCity, so it's very old-fashioned graphics. The graphics are not even as good as the ones in Lin City, you know, Lin City NG has better graphics than Sim City, but it does have the original game, you know, intelligence. I have always found that the AI in some of these types of the, in the commercial games always seems to be a little bit better than in the open source games, but not always, uh, but just as a sort of rule of thumb, at least that's the way I've seen it. Uh, so that's really cool. That's a cool development to see. It's neat to see these companies like id Software and now Electronic Arts open source these old games. I just think that's great because, you know, these these companies develop new technologies, new game engines, and it's fantastic. It's a way to give something back to the community. I mean, open sourcing the Quake 3 engine has been has been tremendous, I think. It's just a that's a cool thing. So anyway, so FreeCiv, LinCity, LinCity NG, Micropolis, and the last strategy type game that I'll mention that I've really gotten into is called Open TTD, and it stands for Open uh, Transport Tycoon Deluxe. And so it's a clone of the MicroProse Transport Tycoon Deluxe game, 
which is another one of these. It looks very much like a Sim City. You know, you have a map and you kind of build some something from nothing. But what you're building is a transportation network, and so you you have to build roads, you have to build uh, you know trains to go back and forth between cities. You can have cargo trains, uh, passenger trains, mail trains, and obviously they have the whole thing where they you've got different industries and you know. Um, this type of industry needs materials from another type of industry, but this other industry needs materials from yet a third industry. So you have to kind of build a whole, um, you know, a whole network. Uh, there's a one of the Loki games was Railroad Tycoon, which I also really enjoyed, which is like this, but um, I actually like this more for some reason. I just I think it works. It really makes sense and. Uh, I have a Slack build script for this as well over at slackbuilds.org. The one thing about OpenTTD is that you also need some original game files. Now, you can purchase the original Microprose Transport Tycoon Deluxe, obviously, to get the data files. The other thing is, though, I have seen, and there's obviously conflicting information here, and it's probably questionable legality, but I know I've seen somewhere on the wiki for this game that... um, the, the consensus seems to be that this game has been abandoned uh, by the original game publisher. Now, I don't know if that's true. And so people are hosting the data files for people to download. And I imagine through a Google search, you can probably find that. Now, that's obviously very questionable, and there's probably some trademark issues. But for whatever that's worth, you know, that's that's part of the, you know, what's been going on with this game. So I don't really know what this, what the status of that is. But... It's a fantastic game, and if you do have the data files you know, or something and you are able to get them, it's a really cool game. I highly recommend it. Okay, strategy games. All right, so the next, my next little category, I call them puzzle games. And this is, you know, um, you know at a basic level, I include in here things like Tetris, you know, four in a row, which is also called Connect Four. Um, things like Othello. I've always been a big fan of Othello. I guess that's not really a strategy game. It's more of a board game, but... Um, but some other ones in here that I that I really like, and see, this this is now getting into the games that my son really enjoys. Uh, things like Frozen Bubble, uh, which I th- believe is a clone. I think the original game was called Monkey Bubble, but the idea is you've got a little cannon at the bottom of the screen, and there's col- there's different colored bubbles at the top, and you have to shoot out the bubbles. And there's some rules. It's like you have to there's if there's two bubbles connecting of the same color, and you shoot a bubble of the same color, then you'll knock them out and any bubbles that are below it. Um, and in the canon, you'll see, obviously, the color of the bubble that you're shooting, and you also see the color of the next one in line. So you can, you know, with some strategy there, you can kind of think about your your next move after your current move. It's a fantastic game. I remember playing Frozen Bubble back when I first discovered Linux, and uh, that was the original Frozen Bubble. This is now Frozen Bubble 2. They've got like 100 levels or something. It's crazy. But it's just a, it's a very addicting, very fun game for everybody. Um, Enigma is another game that I really like. I think it's it's a clone of, I think it's pronounced Oxid on the old Atari, if I'm not mistaken. But it's a game where you have to uncover matching pairs of stones. It's almost like concentration, but it's a little bit more than that. But you, you have a ball, and you control it with your mouse, and you enter different levels. And sometimes the stones are uncovered, and sometimes they're, they're not or something. But you have to basically match the blues and then match the reds and match the greens. And once you match them all up, then you finish the level and you move on to the next one. And obviously the levels get harder and harder as you, as you move along. Uh, but it's a, it's a really fun game. I'm a big, su- I'm a big sucker for uh, Mahjong. So I really enjoy Mahjong games and there's a lot of Mahjong games out there. Personally, I think the one that comes with uh, Gnome and, and the, the standard games that come with Gnome, 
is is great. I really like it. I think the graphics are fantastic. I remember when I went out to the KDE event, I had my laptop with me on the on the plane. And I was playing, you know, Mahjong for hours. And uh, I just, I really, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Uh, so that's that's always a good game. Um, another interesting puzzle game, one that my son's played somewhat, and he, I think he finds it a little bit hard for him, but it's called Fillets NG. That's fillets as in a fillet of steak or fillet of fish, F-I-L-L-E-T-S dash N-G for next generation. Um, and this is a game where you basically, you control two fish, and you go from room to room, and the goal is to get both fish out of the room. And but there are things in the way, there are obstacles, and there's rules about you know basically you use the fish to push stuff around the room to to clear a space to let the two fish go out. But there's more to it than that. Like you know the big fish can only move certain things, the small fish can only move certain things. You can't when you move something off an edge, of course it falls, and you can't let it fall on a fish, and you can only control one fish at a time. So you've got to think about your move ahead of time. You know, if you're going to move something off a ledge, you can't. You have to move the other fish out of the way first. It's a fun game. I I, I can see that being somewhat you know an, an addicting game. Uh, the graphics are kind of you know they're okay. They're they're not you know super great, but they're but they work and it's a it's a fun game. Uh, there's also Pingus, which is a, a basically a clone of Lemmings, which is a sort of an old classic old game where you. Uh, basically uh, control or you you know you you have a group and in this case they're penguins and you you can you can kind of control them and have them do dif- different things as you kind of go through the levels it's been a long time since i've played it my son likes pingus um, i used to play lemmings quite a bit a long time ago but it's been quite a while but the graphics on pingus are really really good i i think for, for that type of game i think they're really good um Two more in the puzzle category. They kind of go together. Uh, Never ball and never putt. These are ones my son likes as well. Never ball is a game where you have you basically control a little ball, almost like a like a silver ball, like you would see on a pinball machine, and the, you you have a sort of a, a field or a or a square or something you know in front of you, which is the level, and you have. You go from screen to screen or level to level, and you tilt. You can tilt the screen, and you can make the ball roll back and forth. And there's obviously obstacles. And if you fall off the edge, you know you you know you gotta you you know you lose a ball, and you gotta get the next one. And there's different different um, obstacles and different challenges you have to do on on each level. The graphics are really good, nice 3D graphics. Uh, and never put. I think it's made by the same company or same group. It's very similar looking graphics. This is kind of like a golf game, but you have, it's almost like 3D golf in space or, you know, in the air. You have levels um, and they're in different, you know, you have to kind of shoot the ball from one section to another section. But if you miss, it kind of goes off the edge again into into space and you lose the ball and you got to start, you know, start with the next ball. Uh, they're, they're fun. I, I think they're, they are challenging, but they are, they are a lot of fun. And, and I do think the graphics are really good uh, for that type game. Uh, okay, another category. These are some games that I really enjoy, and these are probably my son's favorite games so far. Uh, and I just call them side scrollers. Uh, and of course, to me, the classic side scroller is you know some of the original Mario games, or even in the arcade, you know, like or, or like Pitfall, like on the old Atari. You know, basically a side to side scrolling game. 
Uh, and the, the, I think the biggest one and the, probably the best one in all of the Linux games is SuperTux. It's well-known, been around a long time. It's basically a clone of the original Super Mario or Super Mario Brothers. I kind of get the Mario games all confused. But um, there's, you know, I think in this game you've got 26 levels, and there's also some hidden levels and some bonus levels. And you basically control a little guy, in this case a penguin, and you go from left to right, and you have to collect coins and jump over things and, you know, jump over you know, open spaces and onto moving platforms and that kind of thing. And um, it's very, very standard looking game. And I, I mean, I think the graphics are good again for that type of 2d uh, side scrolling type of game. My uh, son, uh, the one who plays all these games, this is the six year old who's going to be seven soon. Uh, the other one is much younger. He finished super tux, something I've never done. <laughs> and uh, uh, he really likes super tux a lot. Um, Similar to Super Tux, there's a, there's a game I just recently found out about that my son also enjoys, and it's called Secret Mario Chronicles. And it's kind of a play on words. They spell Mario, M-A-R-Y-O, almost like Mary-O. Uh, Secret Mario Chronicles or Secret Mario Chronicles. It looks very much like, you know, um, again, the, the Mario Brothers side-scrolling games. The graphics in this game are spectacular far superior than super tux it's a really nice looking game the problem that i have found with it is it seems slow it's a little laggy a little sluggish sometimes i don't know if it's written in python or ruby it's in i think it's in one of those those languages uh, it's not like a c a game written in c or anything so it seems a little on the slower side like and even when you go to the menu you know and you kind of go to the different things in the menu if you want to save a game or go to the options it's very slow in its response time, but it's a, it's a good game. And it's a, again, it's a typical side scrolling type game. Uh, another side scrolling game, which has, um, pretty, uh, pretty basic graphics, but it's a fun game is called Abe's amazing adventure. Uh, again, very similar gameplay. Uh, but I think it was, is interesting because I, when I was reading on the website, this game was actually created by a guy for his son, I think is what it was as just a sort of a side hobby project and the game's been out many years. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not new or anything, but it's a fun game. My son enjoys Abe's amazing adventure as well. Um, so definitely check that one out. Another side scrolling game. Again, another very similar type gameplay is called Barbie's seahorse adventure. Uh, <laughs> my son hasn't been as much into this one, but uh, you basically control a little seahorse and it's almost like you're floating in the water and you, you again go left to right and you kind of collect things and, and swim through things and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, it looks nice. It's a, you know, another one of these typical games. I think, um, you know, out of all these side scrollers, I think, uh, super tux and secret Mario Chronicles are probably the best. Uh, okay. Two more in this, in this category, these are not side scrollers. So I don't really know why I put them here in my list, but uh, similar type of almost like arcade type games is uh, Funny Boat, which is a nice little Python game. It I, th I think it won the, the the PY or the Pi game competition a few years ago. I remember the Linux Link Tech Show guys interviewed the developers of this game. This is a this is a really fun little game. You control a boat on the ocean water, and so it's and it's got really nice 2D graphics, very colorful game, and uh, you have to basically fight pirate ships and sharks. And you have a little gun on the ship, and you shoot the gun at the pirate ships or the sharks. Uh, but the problem is, with the waves going up and down, it kind of makes it very hard to aim. I don't think the gun moves. Uh, it's stationary. So as the ship goes down in the wave, you're, you're kind of shooting up 
that sort of thing. So it's a it's a really fun little game. Uh, very small download, very simple install, uh, very nice little game. Um, okay, the last one in this category, again, not really side-scroller, but arcade, I guess, is Moonlander. This is something my son likes, although this game kind of drives me crazy. I remember playing this in the arcade many years ago, and it drove me crazy back then, too. But <laughs> it's uh, it's a game where you it's like a planet surface, and it's got lots of rocks, but there's two or three little landing pads, and you have a rocket at the top that starts to fall due to gravity, and you control the the, the rocket the you know at the bottom of this ship, and you power on the rocket using one of the keys, and you can turn it left and right, and you're basically trying to make a smooth landing right on one of these little landing pads. But you are also each time you burn each time you use the fuel, you burn up fuel, so you don't want to run out of fuel uh, before you hit the bottom, otherwise you'll just fall and crash. I can never land. I can never land this thing, so. I get frustrated with it, but <laughs> a lot of people seem to like it. Uh, okay, let's see. Next category. Got a few in this category, a couple in this category, and I guess I call it racing, uh, racing games. Uh, the first two that come to mind for me are, are Tux Cart and Super Tux Cart. Uh, Super Tux Cart, my son enjoys quite a bit. These are both games where you control a little guy, Tux, a little penguin, in a little um, a racing car. And you basically drive through a 3D, you know, game, um, um, you know, racetrack, and you have multiple racetracks. And you just, it's basically a time game, you know. Uh, very, you know, the graphics are, are good, but they're, they're fairly basic. They're not super high-end or anything like that, but they are fun. And it's a, you know, fun gameplay for kids. Um, to, uh, another couple of racing games, sort of very different racing games, are, and I'm going to say this wrong, but Armageddon. Jitron or something, Armagatron and Gltron. Those are both light cycle games. Light cycle being one of the four uh, games in the original Tron arcade game. And I remember playing the Tron arcade game quite a bit. And I remember, in fact, in college, um, uh, one of the places I used to frequent um, on the campus, like where you know some of my friends I hung out, we had. Uh, one of the original Tron games. Uh, and there was like four different games within this one game, and you had to get through it in succeeding difficulty. And most of the games were fairly, you know, um, not they were not very memorable games. It was not a very good arcade game. But one of the four games was the light cycle game, and that was the best. And it was basically... You control a light cycle, like from the movie Tron, and so it's like it's like a motorcycle, a futuristic motorcycle that creates a a, a wall of light, solid wall of light behind you as you move, and you're in a maze, not really a maze, you're in an open um, arena, if you will, an open floor, and you're racing against other racers, and the idea is you you don't want to crash. Uh, and you create walls, this wall, as you drive around, and you drive, everybody drives, it's really fast-moving game. And so you're trying to get the other guys to crash into their walls or your wall or whatever. You're trying to be the last man standing. Um, and uh, so both of these games are essentially the same concept. They have slightly different tweaks in the gameplay, different options. I think of the two, my son likes the Armageddon a little bit more than the Gltron. Uh, I think he just likes to control a little bit better. I think he likes to be able to, I think he can set the view. You know, you can view as if you're really close in or really far back. He likes to be able to control that better in that, in that version of the game. So, so those are, those are two really fun games. And then the last set of racing games, these are sort of three together. Uh, it's the original Tux racer, which became planet penguin racer, which has now become extreme Tux racer. And, 
I remember when I first started playing Linux, you know, being able to play Tux Racer was the thing. You know, that could because it was one of the free, one of the few free 3D games. And if you could play Tux Racer, then your NVIDIA driver was working. <laughs> um, and it's uh, you control a penguin and you slide down uh, a wintry slope down a mountain and you try to collect fish and go through the gates. It's like a slalom, you know, racing type game. And you're trying to, you know, uh, do it, you know, as quick as you can, get to the bottom as quick as you can. So it's a timed, another timed game. Uh, and it's fairly standard stuff, you know. I think what happened is Tux Racer, that, that was actually a commercial game that was being that was released for free as well. The company went under, I think, that was making that. And so the first open source fork of that was called Planet Penguin Racer. And that was around for several years, and I think development stopped around 2005 or so. And so a new project took off of that, and now that's called Extreme Tux Racer. But they're all essentially the same thing, and uh, it's basically, you know, a penguin sliding down a mountain. But it's a fun game. It is a, definitely a fun game, and it's it's really one of the standards. And it's a good game to show off to people because, you know, anybody can get it. It's a very quick, quick and easy game to learn. Okay, and the last game that I'll mention, this is one I've not played in years, um, is a turn-based strategy game, um, Westnoth, and it's a sort of typical game where you build, you know, you have a character and you have different, um, you know, you, you well, you go into a village and you can recruit people and you go out onto the land and you kind of explore and you can fight other people and ogres and elves and all this kind of stuff. And it's a typical sort of turn-based strategy game. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's got, you know, a fantasy element to it. And it's a classic game. It's been around many years, very well developed, very stable, nice graphics for this type of game. And uh, I think it, I think it runs on Windows and Mac as well. I might be wrong about that, but I think it does. And uh, I mean, it's got a big following. You know, it's a well-known game, and it's good stuff. So if you like that type of turn-based strategy game, it actually reminds me. I remember again back in my old Apple II days playing a game called Wizardry, and uh, it was one of the first really cool graphics games. It was black and white graphics, but you know, you basically same kind of thing. You're in a village. You know, you, you have a character of, of different, maybe different races. You could be an elf or a human or what have you. And you go into the armory and you buy some arms. You try to recruit some people and you go down into a dungeon and you do go through multiple levels of the dungeon. And, um, you know, these are all games that kind of build off the original Dungeons and Dragons, I guess. Uh, fun stuff, you know, lots of fun stuff. So, so anyway, that's my group of, I don't know. 20, 25 games, something like that, of, of varying types. Like I said, a lot of games that a lot of people know, but hopefully there are some little little nuggets or one or two games in there you might not have ever heard of, and uh, feel free to check them out. And I'm going to try to put links to all these games in the show notes. That's a lot of links, but um, <laughs> I'm going to do my best. And if, if they're not all in the show notes, maybe we can put them in the thread, in the forums thread to this episode. So... Okay, I think that's uh, I think that's all my games. I'm not going to do you know listener tips or feedback or anything like that in this episode. So uh, with that, I think it's time to wrap it up for this week. Okay, everybody. Well, uh, thank you for listening and thank you for downloading the episode and staying subscribed and uh, hanging out in the forums and IRC and uh, for your emails. Again, thank you so much to everybody who has sent me an email. I'm going to save all my real thanks for the end, as I said, the very last episode. Uh, but in the meantime, I just want people to know that I'm getting them and I'm reading them. 
and I'm going to try my darndest to respond to every single one. So extremely nice comments and very, very thoughtful emails. And I just can't tell you all how much I appreciate it. Uh, you can contact me by sending an email to linuxreality at gmail.com. And again, stop by the forums, linuxreality.com slash forums, the IRC channel, which is hash linuxreality on irc.freednode.net. And you can also go to linuxreality.com slash contact, and you'll see all the various phone numbers there that you can call and leave me a, a voicemail, much like uh, the wonderful uh, Dan Washko did with his beautiful rendition of that stick song. Thank you again, Dan, very much. I <laughs> I will treasure that forever. All right, everybody. I hope you all have a good week and a good weekend. I'll catch you all next time. This has been episode 97 of Linux Reality. See you later. Bye-bye.